Hey, welcome back to How to Write a Novel. Another uh, extremely cold, dark, snowy day in Canada. <laughs> it's just fucking... God, it just fucking sucks. I've been watching that movie, uh, Let the Right One In, about the little vampire kid. I remember I saw it when it came out, and it didn't really stick with me. But now, being in this weather, like, it came back to me. And I've been watching it in just little dribs and drabs. Just watching, you know, five minutes a day on my little phone in between shit. Because that's one thing I like a lot of times with movies. is not so much for the plot or what specifically happens. Because who gives a shit, you know? We've all, we've all seen a thousand stories. It's nothing surprising is going to happen. It's the tone that I like more these days. And that movie's been kind of good in that sense, just to, uh, I mean, it is like the most gorgeous representation of Nordic life, <laughs> of just life in the North. Cold, dark, quiet, snowy, oppressive, depressing, <laughs> but it's like nice to watch it in this movie. And it just kind of makes the actual reality of being in that shit a little better. God, my fucking hand already just freezing to death. All right, how can I maneuver this? Christ. All right, so yeah, I just got a couple little things to ramble about. One was, uh, it's just this thing I saw on Twitter that was floating around, getting some retweets. Just weirdly unattributed. It's a scan from a page of a book. But the guy didn't mention at all what book it is or who wrote it. He just posted it with like, see, this is what I've been saying. I've been saying this. Just weird, man. Social media is so bad. <laughs> it is so fucking lame. And there's always different flavors of douchebag. Like a YouTube douchebag is different from a Facebook douchebag, is different from a Twitter douchebag. I'm sure if I used Reddit more, I'd have some sense of what a Reddit douchebag is like. I always kind of respected the 4chan model because of the anonymity. I mean, there's obviously still all kinds of people just being fucking trolls and being ridiculous. But the fact that it's anonymous just... It really is different. It really is like this weird mass. Like they're at least acknowledging that this is not about uh, any individual. This is not about trying to put yourself over. This is about some kind of common group activity, for better or worse. It seems a lot more honest, a lot more pure to me. Where, yeah, with Facebook and Twitter, like, it really does feel like tr people trying to put themselves over which is like a wrestling term of like, to get over with the crowd, you know, means you're popular, you're, you're over. That act is over. So it's a, it's a good thing, not a bad thing. Not over as in done, over as in over with the crowd. And when, yeah, you get these people on social media just trying to put themselves over. Look at me, I'm so cool. I'm opposed to this thing that people don't like. Or I'm a clever guy, I had this idea, I don't know, it's just fucking... It's very lame. I mean, on a place like 4chan, that really just doesn't happen, because 
there's no point in putting yourself over. You're just a drop in the bucket. You're just an anonymous post that'll be lost in the flood. I don't know. It's a whole different discussion for a different day. But the page of this book, which I have not been able to identify, I didn't try that hard. I guess I could have dug in. But it was just an interesting little thing because the basic idea it was putting forth, it was about productivity and about time management. And it basically said, like, you can try all the techniques in the world, but if anything, you might just get less done because you're spending more time trying to organize your day. The best way to be productive and the best way to improve your time management is to have less to do. And I love that because I do feel like that ties in a lot to what I have been saying a lot on this podcast to put myself over the idea of just the small amounts of work each day. Oh man, here's a creepy like walking underpass, all deserted and dark and cold, leading to a path with no one on it. This is so much like let the right one in, it's ridiculous. If a little vampire girl was down here, it would be identical. But yeah, I just thought that was kind of neat, that that idea is maybe taking hold a little bit or traveling around a little, because North America is undeniably work-obsessed way too obsessed with cramming our days full of work and it makes everyone unhappy and then there's that question of how productive is it really like that Tim Ferriss four-hour work week thing that I talked about in some earlier episodes where he realized that if he stepped back and delegated work and kind of uh, was more sensible about his daily routine he did less work and actually got more out of it his overall business was more productive without him being a bottleneck of having to be involved in every little step. It's an interesting idea. I don't have much useful to say about it. I just, uh, I just like that idea. Just like, again, it's another thing that uh, has come up in this show that doing less is harder than it sounds. It's hard to regulate yourself. It's hard to convince yourself that it's okay to do less work each day. It's hard not to feel guilty, at least if you're North American. Maybe you feel different if you're from somewhere else. And my armchair quarterback theory about it is just that North America is a relatively new civilization. People came over on boats and, you know, fucking worked like crazy and chopped down trees and built log cabins and went hunting and <laughs> genocided the previous people. They were very hard workers. We all came from insanely hard workers. And uh, that, that tone is still in our culture where you just feel guilty if you're not working yourself to the bone. But that's maybe not the best way to go. And especially in creative work, I definitely think is not the best way to go. So there's rambly thought number one. The other thing that I ran into, this just was completely by accident. But the idea of where do ideas come from? It's not something I ever really put any serious thought toward because I don't try to push my ideas. Like I think a lot of that notion of like, how do I get an idea? Or what do I do if I have writer's block? I just, I don't run into that because I don't work that way. I'm not pushing myself to get X amount of stuff done by whatever deadline, I just let it come as it comes. 
and I've got 60 zillion ideas for stories, but that's just because I've been jotting them down for 20 years, you know? Like, what if you don't have 20 years? What if you do need to kind of generate some stuff? Ooh, gotta switch hands. That first hand is too cold. So I'm still doing the thing I've been talking about lately where just recently I started uh, just kind of forcing myself to come up with one idea per day. So again, it is, it's a little push, it's a little bit of forcing, but only a tiny bit. Just, uh, just let's put my nose to the grindstone to come up with one idea per day. For any story, any kind of idea, it's fine. And just log that away. So one thing I ran into by accident, but it really works, is I've been sticking with the trance story that I talked about probably last episode. Very recently I was talking about this, this story that I have just the basic outline of. Where it's basically this kid who, he's like, has to look after this priestess who's like comatose. Because she's in the midst of chanting this incantation. And she's not going to wake up till the incantation is fully chanted. So he's got to basically get this priestess across a big jungle and protect her until she can complete this spell. So I've just been coming up with ideas for that. I've just been kind of sticking with that for the last week or so. Every day I come up with an idea for that story. But also, just by happenstance, I've got on my phone, I don't remember the guy's YouTube channel name, but these things are easy to find. He just posts compilation videos of, you take any given video game system, the Atari Lynx, the Game Gear, the Nintendo, whatever, and it's just a compilation of every single game that ever came out for that system. So I started with the short ones, like Atari Lynx and stuff. Where basically he just goes through the games alphabetically and shows 15 seconds of each game. 15 seconds of this, 15 seconds of that, 15 seconds of that. So for the Atari Lynx, the whole thing is like, you know, 15 minutes or something. But right now I'm watching the Sega Genesis one, which is like four hours. And I just love to put it on in little bursts every day where I'll just like toss it on. Again, just in between other things and just watch some games scroll by. Just because I'm interested in old video games and it's just neat to see like, like I had a Sega Master System as a kid. So I'm like, all right, let's watch this. Let's watch every single game that came out for the Sega Master System. And you just see the little odds and ends that you never heard of before mixed in with the games that you played as a kid. And it's just, I think it's really a neat little thing. It would be crazy to sit down and watch these videos for fucking three hours straight. But to just watch a few minutes every day, I think it's just cool. Adds a little weird little dose of nostalgia to my day. And just this sort of ambient knowledge about fringe video games. I just think it's kind of cool. So lately I've been combining the two things. I'm like, while I'm trying to think up an idea for this story, because it is that, that feeling of hanging off the cliff or just on the tightrope with no net. It's like come up with an idea. Like, that's the most abstract task in the world. Like, what do you mean, come up with an idea? <laughs> like, what? Where do I start? How do I get going? And it never takes that long for me to come up with something, but that initial moment, I really do think is 
I mean, it's the reason why most people aren't writers. It's super abstract. There's no guidance. There's no one to help you. You've either got to come up with something or you don't come up with something. So yeah, today I was just at a mall food court, you know, just sitting there with the coffee and I just threw on my little random Sega Genesis games, you know, that I'm like an hour and a half deep into this four hour video, just in the midst of the Sega Genesis library. And I was thinking about that story about the kid and the priestess and I'm just like, let's just watch these little videos until I think of something. Because especially video games, and video games of the 8 and 16-bit era specifically, they're so random and so bizarre. Like, you just never know what the next little video game clip is going to be. It could be anything. You're just exposed to such random, bizarre scenarios. So today, I mean, it was super quick. The very first one that came up, was this side-scroller that I presume was probably one of these, like, not a North American release games. Because it was just a dude with a, a soccer ball, you know, and he's kicking his football at enemies. And that's, I mean, famously, North America doesn't give a shit about football, so much so that we call it soccer when no one else does. But just seeing that, I was like, okay, well... It's a kid playing a game. Do I have any thoughts about that? Maybe while this kid is escorting the like comatose priestess, maybe he needs to come up with games to play. Maybe he needs to come up with some way to keep his mind active and to keep himself entertained. So I just, you know, stared at that little clip for the 15 seconds, but really nothing came to mind. Like that would be the kind of thing that I just didn't feel the spark. It's like I could add that into the story, but it just doesn't feel right. It just doesn't feel applicable or appropriate. Like, that's not what I want to focus on in this story. I don't need the kid to be entertained, you know? The kid is more than entertained enough by this brutal task he has of having to survive through the jungle and to look after this, this like, inactive person who is stuck in a trance. I really don't think this kid needs games to play. <laughs> He's got the game of survivalism. Then the very next fucking game that came up was some Japanese game that was never released in North America or Europe. I don't remember the name, it's just some, you know, Japanese title. But it was like a board game. And the little character was hopping around the board and on the board was a skull and crossbones tile that you obviously don't want to land on. So just looking at the skull and crossbones, I was thinking, okay, poison, death. What if at night when the kid is just sitting next to the priestess who is still just muttering out her incantation, he talks to her. This was a previous idea that I had. He talks to her just to normalize the situation a little, just so he can be a little less freaked out just so he can sort of feel like he's talking to somebody. He just talks to her about stuff. So what if he talks about death? And this could be my opportunity to kind of explain a bit about their culture. And what if, what if he's not as scared in general? Because what if they 
really believe in the afterlife big time? What if they really don't consider this life to be life? What if this is like some weird purgatory? They truly believe that after you die, you go to the real life. And this is just, this is just playtime in a way. And it makes him not necessarily sad when people are killed or when he sees violence because he just doesn't believe that it matters. So there you go. Ding, ding, ding. That was the idea. I'm like, all right, good enough. Turn off this video. I mean, that took less than 30 seconds, <laughs> you know? The first 15 second clip didn't really give me an idea. The second one did. So I turned it off. I wrote that down. Done for the day. There it is. So yeah, I guess that's really it. Just you can get ideas from any weird place. And that's a, a particularly weird technique. Very specific. But I don't know. It works for me. Maybe it'll work for you. Go on YouTube. Download the every Nintendo game in one video video. Just watch them. Just let them flick by while you try to think of ideas. This is probably better if you're familiar with video games, otherwise it'd just be confusing. But yeah, just you can really pull some weird stuff out of there. It works great for me. So alright, that's it. Fucking, it's so cold. God, my fingers hurt. So, uh, I played that band Bring Me the Horizon last episode. The Oh What a Wonderful Life song. So I dug into that band a bit, and man, they're like the perfect band of, you know, when bands get softer and softer and more and more pop. That's this band to a T. They started out just super growly and aggressive and not really my style. And then it kind of gets more and more well-produced and less and less aggressive as you go through the albums. And I guess for each, like, I feel like it'll be a good gauge of like where... Where is too poppy for you? What's too, uh, what's not poppy enough and what's too poppy? And for me, it's the, uh, they put out an album called, uh, fuck, what's it called? Shit, I can't remember. 2015, I think. That's the spirit, it's called. That one I wasn't feeling at all. I'm like, this seems to suck. What the hell is this? But if you go back just one before that, Sep Eternal from 2013, people were already complaining that we're fans of them when they were just a hardcore band, like, oh, this is getting pretty wussy. But I love it. I think it's really good. The hardcore stuff is kind of tough for me to swallow. It's not... I like some bands like that, but this band in particular... I mean, it seems okay. I don't know. I haven't dug into it enough. But Sep Eternal is where they fucking are like, alright, here we go. Here's our big attempt at the mainstream. But it's still really cool and still really aggressive, but also really catchy and just kind of ambient. It's got this kind of underneath the harshness. It's got this kind of cure feel going on. It's just really good, man. I really like it. Not too hard, not too soft, just right. So let's play the first song from that album. It's called Can You Feel My Heart? And it's pretty much, I mean, if you like this song, you'll like this album. If you don't like this song, you sure won't. And that's the fucking magic of the modern age, right? Of the internet and stuff. You can just become an instant fucking expert. I barely ever heard of this band. Just in the vaguest passing before, like two weeks ago. And now I've got, I got it nailed. I already know the whole trajectory. I've heard all the different eras 
I already know which ones I like and which ones I don't. It's weird times we're in. Anyway, here's Can You Feel My Heart? Bring me the horizon. I'm very cold. I'll talk to you next time.